G'day, I'm Osha Ginsberg, and this is the Reality Bite. Once again, Alicia Aitken, Radburn and I set sail into the uncharted territories of a new season of The Bachelor, trying to unpack the turbulence, the diversions, the unscheduled landings of Jimmy Nicholson's journey to find his one true love. And Alicia, if you think I'm going to go easy on the aeroplane puns this season... My friend, you are sorely, sorely, sorely going to be disappointed. How are you? It is good to be back, Osha. Good to have the band back together. And I imagine you've you've honed your aviation puns over the full season of recording with Jimmy. So, yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to it. Look, we've got a lot to talk about. If you haven't watched the first two episodes of The Bachelor, stop this podcast right now. Go to tenplay.com.au, start watching them. Before the end of the show, we will have Jimmy Nicholson, The Bachelor himself, on the podcast. So you're going to need to know what's going on before we talk to Jimmy. All right, let's go. Roll the music. So we open, Alicia, we open season nine, we meet Jimmy, those critical opening moments where we meet our new bachelor and is he running shirtless on a beach? No. Is he hang gliding? No. Is he winning a game of squash? No. Is he playing racquetball with his friends? No. He's hanging out with his family. This is a very different way for us to meet our new bachelor, isn't it? Was I disappointed to not see an oiled up Jimmy on Bondi Beach on an outdoor gym? Maybe, but it was very, very refreshing to see Jimmy with his family and what a lovely family they are. I think it really speaks to Jimmy's character about the fact that that's what is being foregrounded in the first time we meet our new bachelor. And I have to say, Osha, my favorite part was Jimmy's sister. Jimmy's sister, they're all interrogating him about what his perfect woman is going to be like. And Jimmy just gives this like fluffy answer that he wants a nice girl. And his sister just goes in and is like, it's not good enough. Tell me what's going to differentiate, you know, the final woman that's standing there receiving your, you know, I don't know what we've got at the end of this season. (laughs) I'm excited. Usually a rose, generally, there's a there's a rose involved, even though there is no rose at the very end. A ring. A ring. There's usually a ring, <laughs> depending on it. Rose, ring, or, or nothing, if you're Nick Cummins. Oh, yeah. Trigger warning, please. <laughs> it's, been, it's been a while, but still still feeling. But I did like that. And, and what's good is that we saw that he is to be held accountable by the people closest to him. And I liked that she demonstrated early what kind of family he comes from. Yeah, and Osha, look, I was uh, the whole the whole part of the opening with his family. What I was also really, what really moved me actually was seeing Jimmy break down. He was he got pretty emotional, and yeah. I think that that indicates that he's not afraid of his own emotions, mm. which I think is refreshing in in a lead and I think it's going to be really important for Jimmy as The Bachelor. It's not an easy gig and I'm actually really surprised every time that I come back to The Bachelor or The Bachelorette, I'm really taken by what a tough job it actually must be for our viewing pleasure. (laughs) Like, It's pretty hard to manage, like, you know, people people have trouble managing the emotions and their relationships, you know, not in a setting of being in a fabulous mansion 
and managing the emotions of, you know, 20 plus women or men. And I just have a feeling that these opening sequences have shown us that Jimmy will do this job justice. You mentioned him crying and normally we don't see our bachelor cry until a very, very last moment for, for differing reasons as we saw last year. The thing about Jimmy, which I absolutely love, is he is so smart. He's so ripped. He's so confident. He's so kind. He feels so confident in himself, in fact, in his own sense of self-worth. It's like, well, I can cry and not think that you think any less of me. You know, we sometimes when we look at men who, who cry or show vulnerability, we have been kind of conditioned, and it's shit. We've been conditioned to go, well, that guy's weak. Not at all. I think it shows a huge amount of strength to be, no, I am standing up here confident. I'm the guy. I'm the guy for 2021. And I'm I'm crying when I think about how much I'm going to miss my family. And it was like, he comes from a solid background. His dad clearly, I don't know if you, you caught the view from their joint. They're doing all right. Like something's happening in the Nicholson house. Those guys have been working hard to make a living bringing shelter from the rain. His mum is a psychologist. So he's grown up with this enormous amount of, of uh, literacy, emotional literacy that is just just brilliant but he does give a few clues he does give a few like look I'm a I'm a pilot by nature you know I I like to know that the weather is good in Perth or the runway is clear in Perth before I take off from Melbourne you know he's very much that kind of guy things that like to go according to plan I like you know things happen in order and things you know that's what I like as pilots in my life that's what they're like they're those kind of people which is what you want Someone at the wheel of the Airbus up the front with 300 souls on board. You want somebody like that. You know, I don't want someone like, yeah, she'll be right. I don't want that guy at the front. I want the analytical, you know, difficult to talk to in regular life kind of guy, <laughs> but the guy who's never going to make every, never going to miss anything. I wonder though, whether it does make me a little bit nervous and I'm excited to get into this season a little bit more fully because I also think that a really important aspect of The Bachelor, Bachelorette, or I think, you know, not that we've had a season for a while, but Bachelor in Paradise, I think that a really important element is also being able to let yourself go a little bit. Yeah. And just go with the flow because you have to really take each relationship on its own. So it'll be interesting if he can put drop his analytics a little bit and just relax and enjoy the ride. But the thing, the two things that struck me from these first episodes was how genuine, authentic, and engaging he is. Well, that's always the big challenge for our our hero, be it bachelor or bachelorette. If you go for what you've always gone for, you'll get what you've always got. Yes, these guys and girls, they show up, they're hot, they're young, they're successful, yet they're still single. There's some sort of repeating pattern in their life that ultimately, I'm going to say it, Leash, ultimately they have a responsibility for because they are the people that chose the other people in their lives. You know, they their part was to choose the other person. You know, you keep choosing the same thing and you get the same, you're going to get the same results every single time. Did you get any insight into why Jimmy is single? Um, I, I didn't Really? No, no, I don't. He does go into it a bit. Uh, I don't want to, you know, take it away because in, in further episodes, in one-on-ones, he does he does unpack that a little bit. He has been in a in a very long-term relationship for a while, but he does he does unpack that. I don't want to, you know, blow the story. But that is the big challenge of any bachelor, and I think particularly Jimmy is 
because he is such a analytical man at his core, can you be brave enough to let go? Can you be brave enough to let go and try something that you've never tried before? The fact that he's shown up to be the bachelor is a start, but will he be able to, you know, you've been there, Alicia. You've, you know, hey, oh, who are we going to see at the pub today? Oh, we're going to see Colin. Great. We go see Colin. And you go, oh, hey, Rebecca. That's not Rebecca. That's uh, Sally. (laughs) Oh, because she looks exactly the same (laughs) as the last girl you saw Colin with. You know that guy. Oh, gosh. I just have high hopes for Jimmy. I think he's going to be so on it. Already from this first episode, we're going to get into the arrivals and the cocktail party. But I just think that he is he is really giving each of these women the time of day, which is really like I, I just think it's the best quality about him. Not saying that some bachelors maybe. Yeah couldn't hold eye contact very well and were looking at their producers off the side. <laughs> Can you tell I'm bitter? Hang on one second. Wait a second. Let me just wait. I'm just listening to my wait, I'm just listening to my earpiece. Wait a second. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. Oh, Alicia. <laughs> I was yes ending you, babe. Don't worry about it. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> uh, yeah, exactly. But he the thing that I dug about him Early on, I don't think I've seen anyone's... And, and Sam Wood showed up. I know I keep talking about him because he's just so good, but Sam Wood showed up on the red carpet as a man who works with kids. When you work with kids, you have to make sure they feel seen and they feel heard before you ask them to do anything. So he's just bringing that enormous skill set of eye contact, of communication, of reciprocal body language, of speak. And Jimmy has all that. Jimmy has extraordinary interpersonal communication. We did see... In the setup of Jimmy, though, we did see... Oh, here I am on a motorbike. We did see, here I am doing the old Tom Cruise Top Gun down the runway on the, you know, he's got that beautiful vintage BMW, which is a, a cracker. Well, I'm not going to lie. It's a pretty beautiful bike. And then, you know, Jimmy in the tux in the in the plane. Jimmy, I've, I've never met a bachelor on a runway, but it was pretty tops. It was pretty good hanging out there and he just rolls out of the plane in a, in a tuxedo. I was pretty, I was pretty happy with that. That was a pretty good entrance. What do you think it is about pilots? Because there is just something very sexy and impressive about handling a Cessna. Oh, handling an Airbus. <laughs> handling, you know, could you, like anyone. Oh, true. Yeah, I should have put him down to a Cessna. <laughs> oh, Alicia, any, anyone, that can, anyone that can hold the reins with 285 people stuck into the duty-free Brisbane to Denpasar and get them there safely, that is some quality. We had a lot of conversations about the uh, protocols of dealing with unruly passengers, <laughs> and he's had to. So he's like anyone that can wrangle that flight is it knows what it knows what it's doing. I think it's about the either that it represents I'm someone that uh, can take control. I'm someone who's confident. I'm someone who can also take you away from all of this, whatever this is. And don't get me wrong, I love myself a bit of Boeing, love myself a bit of Airbus. But you give me a little bit of a single engine action, that's very much like, hey, should we go have lunch in Broken Hill? Yes. Yep. Drive to the airport. Vroom, vroom, there you are. Okay. Thanks very much. Pay the bill. Vroom, vroom, home in bed. Like, it's bananas. I've had a bit of light plane adventures in my time. Incredible. Absolutely incredible. So I think that's also part of it, Alicia. I think he handled the red carpet pretty well. Maybe it's all that expertise. You know, at the end of the flight, when they stand there at the end of the aisle with their hat on and go, you're welcome. Thanks very much. Yep. 
Yeah, that was a tricky one. Bumpy in a crosswind. I did all right, didn't I? You know when they take all the accolades, you know? He's got, he's kind of used to that amount of, like, just rivers of eye contact. I think he did all right. Yeah, he, he, was, he was so great. And one thing that I also loved, you know, we've just covered off how good his opening package was. But what I loved this year in our first episode is that I feel like we got more opening packages of the girls and I love I love those little packages to introduce them to us I know we're going to get to her more substantially later on in the episode but Steph was a favorite of mine she's a gamer she streams World of Warcraft on Twitch and I was just fascinated like I've gone into a rabbit hole of Twitch streaming now I know you're a oh yeah what do you call them Osha uh they're Twitch streamers they're streamers yeah I stream my bicycle rides yeah It's great. Yeah. So I was fascinated by that. I thought she's super interesting and I loved delving into the girls' personalities through what they brought on the red carpet. I remember when I was tossing up about my red carpet arrival and I think we did cover this off last season, but I think I was actually a little bit nervous to do one of the novelty like, you know, to bring something about myself just because I thought I I was I'm a little bit like Jimmy myself, bit over, little analytical. And I had watched a lot of seasons of The Bachelor. And I just thought that when you see the winners arrive on the red carpet, generally I had noticed that it was just a very organic interaction. It was just about those two people, them saying hello, them meeting. So I thought that if I did something novel, I would be taking away from that organic connection. But All of the people, all of the girls this year that I thought were just the standouts, let's talk about Brooke and her Sri Lankan love cake. You know, that's a bit of a, that's a novelty, but I just thought it was the most amazing way to connect with Jimmy, to show a little bit of her background. And I, that like from the get-go, translated into the cocktail party, I just thought that those two... Yeah. I loved seeing so much more about the ladies. You know, sometimes in the red carpets, they don't get me wrong, they they go and shoot a lot of backstories, but sometimes they don't make it to the cut depending on how many fireworks or backflips or, you know, gymnastics happen on the red carpet. I'm really glad they went with backstories this year because it helped me. I mean, that was the first time I'd see them. You know, I only meet the girls, I meet the ladies on the, on the first night as well. And I don't know, I know it says... You know, this is who they are. This is what they do on a spreadsheet. That's how I know what they do. And I only get information from what they say on the night. But seeing where they live, seeing where they come from, seeing what they do in their day to day, time and time again, we saw heaps of them on this episode. And I really liked that. I really liked it. I was able to go, oh, cool. I feel I know this person. I know this person. I know this person. I know this person. It was pretty good. Also, damn you editors, throwing a lot of, you know, into the mix could it be her could it be her could it be her could it be her you know it's oh <laughs> i loved another standout for me was um jimmy's aluminium tube joke amazing and chanel so she was she was our um she's a flight attendant flight attendant yeah she had this amazing setup but his aluminium tube joke just went straight overhead it was it was a dad joke let's be honest yeah i'm in aluminium tubing oh my god like (laughs) but yeah there is no such thing as aluminium tubing but the big aluminium tube is naturally it is the (laughs) it's the boeing it's the airbus it's the embradier it's the bombardier it's whatever they are 
Yeah. What did you think of Jay and her chess game? Because she came in hot. She really, like, I was expecting some Queen's Gambit shit from Jay. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think maybe that's what Jay was expecting as well. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, nah. Like, Jimmy was like, I don't know how to play this game. But it was a, it was a beautiful chessboard. I did like the way we got around it with the edit, with the... Clap, clap. Yeah. That was pretty good. It was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was very TikTok. <laughs> yeah, this this took this took 20 minutes for us to put here. Uh, now it's here. And I thought it was actually really, really cool. And, you know, there's people in my life who are incredibly good at chess and they would, and, you know, one of them's 10 and beats his dad regularly. He's that kind of kid. They would have dug it, you know. They would have, not the 10-year-old, but you know what I mean. Like the, the adults in my life who are really good at chess would have been like, all right, here we go, let's go. And then like instantly flashing forward to, you know, it doesn't mean we're watching more friends on Netflix. It means, no, we're sitting around playing chess together and learning about each other. And, like, that's super cool. I love it when we get a chance before baby. I love playing Scrabble with Audrey. I love it. I love it. love a bit of a game night. I love it. It's great. I thought it was actually pretty good. He did really well. Tell me about Laura uh, and ex- inspecting Jimmy's oral cavities. Yeah, I was intrigued. It's an interesting move. She, he seems to pass the test. So I don't know what that means for Laura. Jimmy. I just feel like maybe you've what would have what would it have been like? What would it have been like if she if she whacked the oh, what is it? It's not a speculum. It's the other one, the horrible. Oh God, spattered. No, sorry, Fly, sorry, trigger warning. Sorry, Audrey and I were talking. Audrey and I were talking about that this morning. Sorry, Audrey and I were like, yeah, because I'm nearly fifty, right? And- it's a very different examination. <laughs> Yeah, I know. But, you know, Audrey and I were talking about it this morning because, like, I'm nearly 50 and I, I pee a lot more than I used to. She's like, oh, do you need to go and get the finger in the bum? And I'm like, I don't know. It's just a blood test now. She's like, typical. Bloody men doctors developing a test so they don't have to get a finger in the bum, but I still have to get a speculum. Yes. Damn you and damn the medical profession. And she's right. <laughs> anyway. So back to the speculum in Jimmy's mouth. Back to our show. <laughs> Tongue depressor. It's a tongue depressor. Yes. So wouldn't it be would, like if she'd put the tongue depressor down and just gone, oh, like cavities or tooth rot or halitosis, like that would have been a bad time for everybody. Nah, I think he very much passed the test. And I, I just feel like maybe she's skipping forward slightly. <laughs> like let the mouth action come naturally, you know. I love the fact that the show is like this year is playing a lot more sex positive. It's playing a lot more into the the feminine expression of sexuality is totally let's go. And and the amount of women talking about that straight up, I, I love that that was getting into the cut. I really, really did. Yeah, I agree. I think, and I loved, I think what is going to make this season so spectacular is it really makes a difference when I know that this sounds silly because you hope that every season that all of the women are really excited about their bachelor and really into them but it really does you know you don't have to create drama when you actually genuinely really like somebody because then the emotion is there and I really feel that like I'm gonna I'm I'm stuck on Brooke, but just getting into the cocktail party a little bit deeper in Brooke and Jimmy's first conversation, 
it was just fireworks. I always look for the hat. That's my giveaway. And their hands were like all over, like go back and watch this first episode. Their hands are all over each other's bodies, all interlinked on their legs. And I think that that is just a giveaway for full chemistry. It was pretty special. I There's a moment that I look forward to every season and it's the moment when the wedding ring hits the champagne flute. It's the moment when the ding, ding, ding happens because for some reason as when I show up, suddenly it's like, oh, wow. Oh, this is real now. Oh, okay, here we are. And it's it's on. And this year was like, it was... I was like, I don't know if you think I'm handsome or something, but my God, it was it was just like, it was big. Oh, the cheer was humongous. You're not wrong because actually when I was watching this back, this first episode, me and Glenn said to each other, we pointed to that moment where you walk in, tapping your ring on the champagne, as that being the moment that both of us on our respective seasons were like, oh, okay, we're here. This is no longer, you're past the red carpet. This is a reality. I am on a TV show to find love. Yeah. And there was no power rose this year. This year I got to, uh, I got to whip out, uh, I got to whip out a key to the business lounge, which was pretty, pretty special. (laughs) I just like, I'm so intrigued with the business lounge. I'm like, why business? Like, could we kick it up to like chairman's or something like that? Like maybe some, um, Neil Perry in first. (laughs) Oh, the chairman's. I went to the chairman's lounge one time. I went, have you ever been in the chairman's lounge? I have. I I went with your old job. You would have. Yeah. Yeah. I've been to the Chairman's Lounge one time in my life. We were on the road with Australian Idol. Now, if you're just new to the show, so if you when you fly, there's access to that to lounges that the airline gives people who fly a lot, right? So some people fly every day for work, right? And um, there's the regular lounge, which is buffet and you know a, a push button coffee machine, lots of cheese toasties, cheese toasties in. And a lot of Sky News. There's much like right wing frightening news coming at you from every corner. Like there's nothing, it's there's only one point of view coming out of those walls. You can't escape it. Then there's the next one up, which is a lot quieter, and that's the business lounge, which is very nice. There's less cheese toasty, more like, oh, how do you like your omelette? Let me sort that out. And then there's one above that. Now, I'd never been, it's called the Chairman's Lounge, and it's only open to people who are basically like the heads of companies and CEOs and high-profile politicians, right? I was on the road with Australian Idol and we were all like, we're showing up to Melbourne, like, here we go, we're going Melbourne to, I can't remember where we were, Adelaide, I can't remember where we're going. Anyway, it's me, it's Jimmy, it's Marsha Hines. We're coming up the escalators and we all turn around to the left and Marsha's like, oh, no, no, honey. And she walks up to this wall, this entire wall of black glass. We're like, what are we doing standing at this wall? And the wall just opens like a sort of secret, like Hammer Horror movie secret wall. It opens up. Wow. And she walks in and there's someone literally on the other side of this wall going, Miss Hines, and then passes her her boarding pass and a G&T. And she turns around and she goes, they know my drink. And they're with me. <laughs> and we walk in and it's like, it, the place was tiny. It's like smaller than my living room. There was maybe, I don't know, six or eight seats in there. And two of them were like, we sat down and, can I get you a drink soon? Would you like, what would you like this morning? Like there was no, the bar opens at one. It's like, whatever you want, boys. And can we, there was no menu. It was like, can we cook you something? Like, yeah. yeah. Yes, you can. <laughs> Nuts. 
I like to think that we've called it the business lounge because the chairman's lounge is that final destination. Maybe. And it's only it's only Jimmy's winner that will <laughs> enter the chairman's lounge. Well, look, the business lounge is pretty good. There's no Marsha Hines, but Jay did get the key, which is a, a, a bit of a game changer. We haven't seen something like this since... It was Alex Nation and Richie, I want to say. Alex Nation and Richie when they went up to the the love turret or wherever it was. Yeah, she got like a, she got this white rose. I can't remember the technical term. It was a white rose, yeah. But it was, it did give her that power Yeah. to, you know, in the last few years, I think that we've seen these, um, what do we call them? A power rose. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, well, a power rose. Uh, power rose, uh, where... Super rose. Let's call it a super duper rose. The super rose, yeah. In America, I think they call it the first impression rose. Yeah. Which, uh, you know, it does go to that person that makes the most amazing first impression. Um, and I think in previous years we've seen these like standalone powers where like I remember Carlin got to go out, like take Angie out on a full day date. Yeah. And then we had the country rose. I can't remember what that got us. Did they go? To- <laughs> I have to brush off on Ellie and Becky season. It's been a while. But this one, this one's amazing. I think the country rose got them back to their hometown early. Oh, true, true. It's a power rose. The power rose did a big job. But power rose aside, it's a, it is all about how you make an entrance uh, on the cocktail night of the cocktail party. And Lily made an entrance. I showed up to work and I parked my car around the side of the mansion. But where my where I parked my car, I was not able to park my car because there is a four hundred ton crane, the kind of crane that builds those modular homes. It's just parked there. Like that, we're not I'm not getting a jacuzzi lifted in or, you know, a couple of tons of potting mix into the backyard. Like this is serious. This is a big, big deal. And sure enough, the thing's high. The thing was like a hundred and something meters high. I would be terrified if I was her, but she is a crane operator. So it's like yeah. sort of like a day to day, you know? Yeah, she was all over it. But people started calling her intruder. Uh, come on. The cocktail party's not even over. Is it, an, is it like? Is it an intruder the moment the red carpet ends, Alicia? I think that there is some security in you. You know what it is, Usher? It's you tapping the champagne glass with your ring. That's the security of knowing, okay, I'm in. I've sussed out the competition. I've already placed myself amongst my peers in my mind. And as soon as you start adding new people to the mix, it's like, like I'm going to have to change where I've placed myself. <laughs> I don't know this person. Osh, I have to use this opportunity as well. You, you mentioned rocking up to the mansion and parking. How is the new mansion? Oh, it's humongous. It's got like 15 bathrooms. It's massive. It's absolutely gigantic. It's the biggest mansion we've ever shot in. It looks beautiful. It is humongous. I'd never live in it. I've, this job has made me, I've been lucky enough to see a lot of really huge houses. I'm not a really huge house person. Size doesn't matter, really. Like houses for me, like I like to not hear an echo when I call out to somebody I love. That's basically it. This is not a, uh, a unseen thing to have a late arrival. Remember, we saw Elora show up with the fire twirling after the red carpet had ended. No one called her an intruder. So I think it might be a bit unfair to call Lily an intruder. But didn't they hit it off? Oh, boy, didn't they hit it off? Jay, of course, Jay got the business lounge key as we as we saw Stephanie, even though she had a, shall we say, reluctance based on her past history around pilots, she got a rose. Now, I wonder if, like, how long it'll take her to start talking to Jimbo about that. 
Yeah, I thought it was really interesting. It was a hot topic of discussion in our household because I think that when someone, when a woman raises an issue with something like, you know, the fact that he's a pilot, it can seem very fickle because it is just like, oh, come on, like judge a person on their merits, like get to know Jimmy as a person. Me and Glenn just like got into this big discussion about how I do think that there is this perception that like pilots are away a lot. And I don't know, I'm really interested to find out more about Steph and her previous relationship with pilots, because I think that we shouldn't be too fast to write off Steph and her emotions towards that profession, because, you know, I think it is sort of hard to push against our preconceived notions if we've been hurt in the past. And, you know, it would be challenging having you know, I don't know what routes he's flying at the moment, but if your partner is away a lot, that can be sort of a non-negotiable for someone. Someone might be looking for someone who's a bit more, you know, hopefully he's just doing domestic. <laughs> yeah, it takes it takes a very special person to, you know, it takes a lot of strength to be in that. But that's the same for like FIFO workers or for anybody that's away from their partner a lot. You need to really, if you're the kind of person that needs that kind of reassurance, maybe that is not the relationship for you. And that's totally, totally fine. We are going to get into episode two where we just unpack Brooke's one-on-one date, the group date at the photo shoot where things got very wet uh, and it wasn't just Lily. And I'm not I'm not putting words in anybody's mouth. Oh, my gosh. We're back to, we're back to Cocktails and Roses season two, all the sexual connotations. Can you see my vagina? Somebody said, can you see my vagina? We'll find out who on the other side of this break. We love sex positivity. This is Cocktails and Roses. Uh, Alicia Aiken-Radburn is joining me. I'm Osha Ginsberg, and I count roses for a living. Ding, my wedding ring on a champagne flute. I used to use a teaspoon before I got married. Oh, the wedding ring is much better because as we discussed last season, you're really just flexing on all these girls being like, look what you could have, a stable, loving relationship. If only you get through this next row ceremony. And I'm not lying. I'm not lying. There's a lot of bachelor babies these days. There's a lot of relationships that are lovely. Like, I I, I ain't lying. I ain't lying now. You've done really well and we are all very thankful to you, Osha. <laughs> I'm, I'm at your service. The first one-on-one date was Brooke. She obviously, grandma's love cake. Uh, don't tell me that grandma's magic potion skills don't work because it did. Jimmy took uh, Brooke to a runway for a plane flight. But I remember talking to him about, about this afterwards and I think they showed it pretty well. I says, how was the thing? He's like, man, oh, the weather was... <laughs> Yeah. And like such a pilot reaction as well. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's, he's clever. It's like, you know, say, oh, we're going to drive. I don't know. So we're from Brisbane. It's like, oh, we're going to drive to the Gold Coast. Oh, hang on. The road has suddenly turned into a slip and slide. No, I'm not going to drive at 100 kilometers an hour down that thing. No. <laughs> you know. How are you with turbulence, Osh? Oh, no problem. No, no, no problem at all. Really? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No. You've done a lot of flying over the years. Uh, I always relate my anxiety disorder to turbulence, and I had to learn this. I've, I've, you know, obviously I've struggled with turbulence the first few times it happened, but you keep your eyes on the crew. The crew are worried, you get worried. If the crew are cool, you stay cool. And, you know, those 
planes are designed to withstand some pretty heinous conditions, but it's still, it's scary. It's still scary, particularly when you're in a plane, I don't know, the size of, you know, a Toyota Echo. Like, it's not a big plane. Yeah. <laughs> it's not a big plane. It's a Tarago. Not even a Tarago. No, it's not even a Tarago. You're right. It's an Echo up in the sky. At- it's a hatchback with wings. But I, you know, Brooke took her opportunity to, once again, the hands are everywhere. I'm telling you, they're the indicator. And Jimmy didn't seem to be minding it. How was his pilot voice? I loved his pilot voice. He's like, everything's going to be fine. Everything's going to be fine. Oh, Victor, I'm just going to make a 183. I'm going to turn around. Yeah, it's going to be great. Thanks very much. Yeah, we'll be fine here. <laughs> I love it. He got. We saw the pilot voice early and he was telling me when I said, how come you always pause when you're doing the in-flight announcement? And he goes, oh, it's because you're looking for stuff. Oh. He goes, uh, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Button Off Melbourne. Because, uh, they, you know, the plane looks the same. The gate looks the same. They can't remember. There's no visual as to which airport they're at. He goes, uh, on our flight, on our way to uh, the Gold Coast today, uh, we're expecting a uh, lovely Queensland day. Searching through the paper, searching through the paper, searching through the paper, uh, top of 24 with a bit of, you know, that's why they pause all the time, apparently, because they're looking for the intel to give you an update. There was no pausing after, uh, this is my segue, there was no pausing after uh, uh, Jimmy gave Brooke the first rose outside of a rose ceremony this season. Yeah. And they shared the first kiss of the season. How do you write it? How do you write the, the, the passion? How do you write the connection? Yeah, I liked it. It's going to take, uh, you know, we'll, we'll come back to me in a couple of episodes time, but I could I could have completely changed my mind. But I'm going to see some more single dates, but I'm just vibing Brooke and Jimmy really hard. What do you think he sees in her? Because like when we get to the, the photo shoot date, she does have that uh, complimentary, like she's small, smaller than him. Yes. When I look at the two of them, I get a clue that he's the kind of guy that might like to be the big spoon and she's the kind of girl that always wants to be the little spoon, you know, and she feels safe. Right. She feels safe when she's around someone who can be the big spoon and he feels um, I'm comfortable when I'm the big spoon. I get that feeling when I watch them together. You know what I'm saying? That is so interesting. Yeah, I get that. And I also like, it's very, that's very subtle because I think the other element to their relationship is I think that she matched him in terms of openness and engaging. And like, she was not, she was not, um, you know, I think sometimes when you put two people together, one person can be quite nervous to even like have a conversation their conversation flowed really naturally. She was just as present in the moment as he was. And I think he needs that person. But I'm very intrigued at those subtle, I don't want to say power dynamics, that makes it sound like not nice, but I think it is important in a relationship. And I think that was very insightful. The photo shoot date came as a surprise to absolutely no one. Fun fact, the mansion where we shot the photo shoot at was the first biggest loser house so there you go that's the that's the fun piece of trivia if you look back at season one of biggest loser 2005 i think it was it's the same house wow there was a fair amount of tension going on at the photo shoot date and um boy howdy sierra and tani when they were paired up that was definitely there was something going on between those two what do you think was happening I found it so interesting that they weren't really talking during their photo shoot. And I think that that's what a lot of girls get muddled about the photo shoot. Like, obviously, it's being presented as a photo shoot, but 
realistically, it's an opportunity for you to make conversation, have fun with The Bachelor. And I think some girls take to that better than others. Yeah. And what I found really interesting about Sierra and Tani was, okay, one, they weren't making conversation, but also the conflict. We didn't see that arise until after, until like we were at the cocktail party. And so that makes me think that, you know, I think the girls were sort of bang on when they were saying that perhaps Sierra was just feeling insecure about how that interaction played out for her. Perhaps it didn't go as smoothly as she had hoped for. Mm. And so it's sort of that classic where you're trying to find someone else. We see it so much. I mentioned it last season. It's someone thinking that their wallet is lost or stolen. She's not thinking about her own role. She's projecting, she's putting it on someone else and making, you know, her interaction with The Bachelor, it's not gone so well. I'm going to look for any other reason why it's not on me. Ah, wow. (laughs) Big psychology calls here from Aiken Radburn. I love it. There was a very, we talked about the sex positive nature of this season, which I'm, I'm loving. And like I said, these things have always happened on this show, but sometimes they make the cut and sometimes they don't. Can you see my vagina because I'm not wearing any underpants? Has got to be one of my- f- Was she not wearing any underwear? That's what she said. Wow, I love that. Can you see my vagina because I'm not wearing any undies? And that particular, you know, the, the mock-up of the, the wedding thing, like- the fella was getting torn. He was torn from side to side. And oh. then down there on her knees. Belinda, I love her. Belinda, <laughs> down on her knees in front of him. Yeah, it was a lot. <laughs> Belinda was really turning it up. Now, I'm all for positivity. I'm all for being forward and I'm all for communicating intent. Belinda's down on her knees in front of Jimmy, screaming out to the girls, I'm going for it. I have to say, like, I thought, like, oh, my gosh. Okay, you remember Angie and her farm photo shoot? Yes. I just thought that we were actually getting a little bit close, and I think it is interesting. It's like so often you'll hear people being like, what were the, What if the roles were reversed? Yeah. And I do think that we were getting a little bit close to like, hey, we need to be like asking for consent at some point. Like you're sort of all over him. And I do think like it was getting a little bit, we were flying a little bit close to the sun to bring in a aviation pun for my liking. Like I love Belinda, but I do think it is very important to make sure that the other person is comfortable with the way that we are interacting with them. So the photo shoot also saw, I don't think we've we've seen people come close, but we've never seen it actually happen. The final scene of the photo shoot when it's just two people next to each other, Lily and Jimmy absolutely make out in front of everybody. Yeah, it was huge. I think the closest that we've come in the past is maybe Leah with Maddie J. Yeah. Was on a motorbike. Was. But we've never seen the lips actually lock. And I feel like it's always been, you know, in the past, it's always been the woman leading, you know, trying to get as close as possible. But this felt very mutual between Lily and Jimmy. Sure did. (laughs) Yep, it sure did. And there was a lot of abs as far as Lily is concerned, all of them. Yeah, look, she uh, was not shy to undo that, (laughs) undo the buttons on that shirt. No. And Steph's commentary, I've got to say, um, tell us what you're feeling, ladies, is usually what a producer will shout at you. And uh, Steph didn't hold back. (laughs) Did she say that she was wet too? (laughs) Yes, she did. 
I love this show. Magnificent. That magnificent. And and away you go. You know, he's a hot looking dude. That's and he looks after himself. That's absolutely absolutely intense. At the rose ceremony though, it was a bit tough for Jimmy because he had to say goodbye to two people. Unexpected roses, maybe, to Sierra and Tani. How do you think this will you know, as everyone saw at the photo shoot, how what does it make it feel like when a Sierra or a Tani, not saying them particularly will receive a rose. Do people go, oh, what does he see in her? Or do they give him the benefit of the doubt of maybe he, he's interested in seeing something more there? I think in these early stages, I think mostly it's benefit of the doubt. And I think, you know, I think it's wise if you're one of the other women to not get too involved in what the bachelor's decision-making might be anyway. Like it's, I think it's really important to concentrate on yourself and your own relationship with The Bachelor, but it's going to be interesting. There's two threads that I'm interested to follow. And that is this Sierra and Tani tension. But to me, that also, I think that seems a little bit um, detached from The Bachelor. What I am more excited to delve into and what I think will have bigger ramifications on you know, how we progress in Jimmy's journey to find love will be Brooke's reaction to Lily and Jimmy sharing a kiss. We're starting to get into that area where there's going to be multiple people forming pretty deep connections with The Bachelor. There's going to be lots of kissing going on and that's hard. I, I It's something, you know, I spoke about it last season on Cocktails and Roses. It's something I'm really glad that I've very rarely had to experience because at least like, you know, a bit of it in Bachelor in Paradise, but I feel like the mansion where you're living with everyone and it's all that you're talking about is just a whole different ball game. Mm. Whatever Belinda did at the photo shoot uh, didn't seem to have the effect that she wanted it to. Uh, Belinda did not receive a rose, neither did Jacinta. And so the numbers go down and the show goes on. In a moment, Alicia, you are going to meet the man himself. Jimmy Nicholson, bachelor number nine. Oh, my God. Alicia, I'm really excited uh, at this point because I know this man pretty well by now, but I'm very, very happy to introduce you to our bachelor for 2021, a delightful young man from (laughs) New South Wales, here he comes. Oh, my god! Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> the one, the only, Jimmy Nicholson. How are you, mate? I'm good, Osha. How are you? Oh, it's so good to see you. And what a beautiful monstera you have behind you. I'm all about a good indoor plant. Oh, have you seen Bruce the shark as well on the wall? Hey, Bruce. Yeah. <laughs> oh, gorgeous. <laughs> How's Bruce's dorsal fin? That's pretty, that's pretty solid. I'm feeling Hi. a bit like I'm a bit... Hi, Alicia. I'm a bit starstruck. Oh. Hi, nice to meet you. <laughs> You and me both. <laughs> you are awesome. I was just like so excited watching your first two episodes. You are so, I'm going to flatter the pants. Oh my God, I can't say that I have a boyfriend. <laughs> <laughs> no, this is good. Keep going. This is great. You're, you're yeah. awesome. You can flatter his epaulets off his shoulders. How about that? <laughs> Glenn's, Glenn's probably got his like ears to the door that I'm recording in and be like, okay, calm down. You were great. You were genuine, authentic, engaging, everything that we want in a bachelor. How did you find it? How was the red carpet arrivals? Uh, the red carpet is unlike anything I've ever done. I was really, really, and, you know, I'm, I'm sure every bachelor has said, you know, I'm always excited, nervous, but excited, nervous, but excited. But it is just like, it's a mixture of absolute terror and 
you know, you, you, you're really excited because there's these beautiful women that are going to be walking down the uh, red carpet just for me. It's a lot of attention and there's a lot going on. So, yeah, I was standing there a bit of a nervous wreck, but I think I eased into it after a while, hopefully. We talked before the red carpet, we talked on the, the red runway, uh, which was a pretty great entrance, Jimmy. I was, I was pretty happy about it. <laughs> when we first see you on The Bachelor, we see you with your family. Now, we've never met a bachelor this way before. We first normally meet our bachelor. Hi, I'm Bob and I'm 32 and I'm a FIFO worker. And Bob, we see Bob running slow-mo down a beach somewhere with a Labrador. All right, that's how we normally first, our first frames of The Bachelor is that. But no, the first thing we see you doing is connecting with your family and then being quite emotionally vulnerable with your family. Tell me about that. Tell me about what it is for you to feel emotion, to show vulnerability to. Like, tell me about that. Look, our family's very, very close. As you know, Osha, you've met them all and, and um, we're a very tight-knit bunch. Mum's a psychologist, so we've always been very comfortable about talking, talking about our emotions and, you know, we talk everything out. I definitely get the, uh, the emotional side from Dad. He's a big teddy bear. Uh, so my sister and I will time how long it takes Dad to cry when we give him Father's Day um, cards. Anyway, for the opening scene, you see uh, me with my family, but that's, um, yeah, that's us on a typical weekend. Probably less crying though. I think everyone was a little bit like emotionally charged and, and kind of, I don't know, everyone was a little bit on edge because I'm taking this massive leap of faith. So yeah, but what you see is what you get. We're, we're a really tight family and um, talking about your emotions is, is a day-to-day occurrence for us. Can we talk about what actually brought you to be The Bachelor? Did you apply? What was the process like for you? And what was the thought process? Like it's one thing to, you know, be in the mix, but what was that jump like for you between being like, okay, maybe this is an option to being like, no, this is serious. I I think I'm going to take this step and be our Bachelor. For me, uh, so I was, I was approached actually. So I had a, a message on Instagram one day, which said, "Hang on, did we did we slide into your DMs? Did did Bachelor slide into your DMs?" Yeah, Osha slid right in there, and he's like, "Hey, mate, <laughs> I've seen you at a Bronte pool. Um, <laughs> what are your thoughts?" So yeah, I had a message in there, and um, you know, just off a, a pretty rough year that it was rough for everyone. But I was off work for eight months, so a lot of time to think. I had been single for a couple of years, and I saw the message there and thought okay, I would never have seen myself doing anything like this, but let's just give it a go and see what happens. Um, and as I was going through the application process, I realized that it was becoming more and more likely. And I thought I was kind of invested by that stage because I know that the Batch franchise, is, it works. You know, you've got really successful couples to come out of that with kids and marriages and all the rest of it. And I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have gone on unless I was ready for that. And here I am sitting here now, very, very happy and hopefully... <laughs> Oh, was that a bombshell? <laughs> I hope you're allowed to tell us that. No, I am. I've, I've been I've given clearance. Uh, <laughs> don't worry. So, yeah, it's uh, it's all worked out really well. But um, that was how it all started. I'm very happy that Alicia, that even in referring to how his heart is, he was able to throw a bit of an aviation pun in there. I've been given clearance. <laughs> <laughs> oh, like such a wanker. He got, he got it. No, no, no. Oh, mate, I've been, I've, the flaps have been down since the start of the show. I've been, <laughs> I've, I've, never, I've, been, I've, been, I've been hitting every waypoint all the way here, all the way to see you. Good, good. <laughs> don't you, don't, don't you worry. Oh, my gosh. My whole life, 
Uh, Osha, can I just ask Jimmy another question? I like we. I feel so blessed to have you here on Cocktails and Roses, Jimmy. How was the actual experience? It seems pretty like uh, you know I've been there, done that. It's pretty overwhelming, and I can't even imagine it from the bachelor's perspective. What was that like for you? I was a little bit worried how long it would take me to kind of settle into it because I just wanted to make sure that I could be myself and that I wasn't too nervous. I think the first time I met Osha, um, when I came off the uh, out of the aircraft, um, I was I was petrified, but I kind of settled in, and then after a while, just sort of forgot that all the cameras were there and just just went along with it. So um, I had an amazing experience. I loved every second of it. Letting people down was tough, but I was ready for that. I sort of thought that all through, but um, certainly a lot of positive things come out of it. It was an amazing experience. Had great people around me, and it's worked out really well for me. Tell me about that. Because I, I I understand how it happens, and I know Alicia, you've gone through it as well. But tell me about that. Like people listening may not be even able to believe that you forget the cameras are there. There's lights, there's cameras, there's crew, there's someone holding a boom mic. Like how can you even forget that there's another? Particularly when you're in a one-on-one situation, and there may be a kiss about to happen. How can you forget that there's twelve people standing there? <laughs> that I think I think the one-on-ones are. Uh, you know, you might be having a, a nice romantic moment. You have a little kiss, and then. Afterwards, you, you stop and, and you look around and it's just like, you know, the room is filled with people with cameras, like, you know, grown men and women standing there staring at you. And you kind of realise, oh, this is actually quite a weird setup. But you just get in there and kind of live in the moment and try to push that all aside. Because if you're constantly thinking about what the cameras are doing and what people are going to think of you, it's just not going to come across as authentic. And I just wanted to get in there and do my thing and just forget everything else was around me. The photo shoot looked fun what (laughs) we just got off chatting about belinda (laughs) yeah (laughs) oh belinda (laughs) i think she's a character but it did seem like you how is it like having all these women you know physically vying for your attention yeah it's um it's it's really weird it's it's you're not used to dating 23 women (laughs) i don't think anyone is except for the, the previous bachelors and and uh bachelorettes for men and now for men and women. But yeah, it's a, it's a really weird kind of thing because you've got all these really strong characters in there, the Belindas and um, the Sierras. And, you know, it's, it's quite confronting, <laughs> especially as you've seen with Belinda. So um, I, I definitely was at that point stood there and thought, what is going on here? Like, I, and I think at the time I, I saw a plane fly overhead and I just looked up and I was like, I'm usually there and, and I'm here. If I was up there looking down at myself right now, I would just be like, what, <laughs> what is going on? Yeah, I'm being torn limb from limb with a girl on her knees screaming at the girls on the fence, I'm going for it. Yeah. Yes. Were you at all uncomfortable in that situation? Did I look uncomfortable? <laughs> <laughs> I was. You know, we've got uh, my, my mum's going to be watching this. My, you know, this, this is... <laughs> Yeah, I take the caution here. So you you seemed more comfortable in that last photo shoot with Lily. Uh, yeah, that was. <laughs> Bear in mind that, but uh, at that point, it was uh, all the rest of the girls watching us there as well. So uh, yeah, that was a little bit uncomfortable as well. You seemed like you were doing fine. <laughs> <laughs> Tough gig, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, well, look, yep, Jimmy, that's 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 the job. Over the time of doing this. The bachelors and bachelorettes have all said that they are most challenged by the rose ceremonies, by looking at someone in the eye and saying no to you. Mm. What's it like 
in the the minutes leading up to when you walk into that room, you know, as you're thinking about what it is you're going to do, and, and as you're coming to the last rows, is thinking about who they're going to go to. What what's that like for you? Um, I haven't watched much of The Bachelor before, but from the episodes that I have watched, I do remember thinking that in the early days, oh, I wouldn't be that hard. You haven't even formed connections with these girls, like, but it is even in the early days. You've still spent time with with these girls, and and you know how much they've gone to to put themselves out there and to be there. So it is hard standing there knowing that you're letting people down. And it's, it's pretty full on. It's, it's the, the rose ceremonies were my least favorite part of the whole experience because you're standing there beforehand. I'm waiting for, you know, I, I know you're in there, Osha, having a chat with the ladies and um, I'm standing there thinking, well, I've just got to go out there and basically send someone home and that's the end of this journey for them. And a lot of people really invest a lot emotionally. They put everything on hold to be there. So it's pretty rough. But it works out. But it works out. The silver lining is that, you know, you, you yes, you're sending people home, but at the end, you're the one step oh my closer God, to out this. The reason why you're there. So. Oh Are you okay, Alicia? I'm so excited to watch this. I'm so <laughs> excited to watch this season. Like I am. You are. You are just such a great bachelor. I'm so excited. <laughs> Give me another synonym, uh, Alicia. When you look at. We're on a Zoom call right now. So, Alicia, you can see Jimmy's face. Alicia, are you looking at a man in love? Stop it. <laughs> I think I am. I'm I'm really I don't wanna I don't wanna get my hopes up because, you know, sometimes it can be a media line, right? It's like, oh, I'm I'm really happy, but it's like, are you Nick Cummins happy like an independent man who's about to go down to like the sheaf and hook up with a whole bunch of chicks? Yeah. <laughs> or are you a man in love. I'm going to go with the latter. You know, I'm happy to report that I, I'm very much in love and I'm really, really happy. And it's nice to be able to, to say that it's all worked out. And that not, that's not me just telling you guys that because I know that's what you want to hear. It's really nice to be able to, yeah. She's in the other room. <laughs> She's in the other room. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. We don't, let them, we don't let them in the same state. Like even before coronavirus, we didn't let them in the same state if they were different states, Leash. So, Jimmy, you're in the Mr. and Mrs. Smith phase of the relationship, the the top secret part. Is it difficult right now? It is. Yeah, it is difficult. It's kind of fun as well. We do get a, a time to see each other every now and then. We get little secret rendezvous, which is great because that's Warner Brothers Channel 10. They want the relationship to work. It's not just about making a TV show. They want it to last. And they put a lot of effort into making sure you see each other, um, even now with coronavirus and everything. It's something that we can look forward to. But we chat like uh, probably, <laughs> probably five times a day or something. We're, we're always best friends with each other. So, and, and Osha will know that, that I'm not one throughout the whole season. I, I will only say something if I mean it. I definitely wouldn't say that unless I was, yeah, unless I meant it. So, yeah, it's. I it's love all, it. Yeah. Jimmy, as soon as, soon as um, lockdown's over, we should take the bikes for a fang up Putty Road. They make um, baby seats for motorbikes, don't they? Yeah, we can feel that one out. I'll, I'll fabricate yeah. something for tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure a toddler can sit in the sidecar of a Ducati. It'll be fine, right? Yeah, that's on tour. Just give me like, <laughs> give me two years, and I reckon I might be able to work on that, having a little, a little one for my oh, two <laughs> And then we can, you know. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, wow. Cocktails and Roses exclusives. Yeah, big time. Jimmy, great to talk to you, buddy. A big part of our conversation was this time's out when we first met. You're like, actually, this time's out perfectly because I'm I'm set to go back to flying as soon as this all ends. So I have a week off afterwards and I'm back in the air. Yeah. Boom, Delta variant, COVID-19. <laughs> I hope you're doing okay. Are you all right? I'm back flying. I was in um, Melbourne uh, early in the week for my recurrency simulators. I've done all that. So... I've had four flights back, 
supposed to be flying tomorrow. Let's see, let's see what happens. But yeah, back in the air. So it's great. Look at that, Alicia, a bachelor with a job. Like, what do you know? I love it. And, you know, like, I'm not going to come on the bike ride because I'm too scared for that. But me and Glenn will definitely grab a beer with you and your new lady. Yes, that's right. <laughs> Next time we're in Sydney. Yeah. Jimmy, great to have you, buddy. Thanks for being a part of the show. Um, good luck with it, mate. Thanks, Sasha. Appreciate it. Thanks, Alicia. All right. I'll see you soon, man. All right. See you later. Bye, mate. Bye, bye. You can leave the call. We've, we're going to talk about you now. <laughs> All right. <laughs> okay. Bye. Wow. He is just awesome. He's so like secure in himself. Isn't he a dream? I feel like I needed to lower my energy yeah. because he is like such a chiller, so secure in himself as a person. Well, that's us for another episode. You can watch The Bachelor, Season 9, Jimmy Nicholson's season of The Bachelor. It's on uh, Channel 10, Wednesday, 7.30. You can also find it on tenplate.com.au. What's going to happen at Jimmy's next single date? Who's going to leave the mansion? What's Brooke going to think about what happened at the photo shoot? All will be revealed. Tell a friend about this podcast. That'd be really good. And that's it. Alicia, have a cracking week. Thank you so much. Leave us a review as well. I love a little review. <laughs> love it. I think we deserve one. Thanks for listening to Cocktails and Roses. This is a 10 Speaks podcast.